Senior Options Institute instructor at SIBO Global Markets. So Kevin, VIX drops now on the day, 23. We still got the NASDAQ in the red, the Russell, but the S&P pulls it off, comes all the way back. What do you make of the VIX sitting back down towards that floor of low 20s? Uh, first of all, thank you very much for, for having me back. It's good Thanks. to see you again. And I think we've seen this uh, tendency to bounce back on the part of the broad market for the better part of the past week, week and a half. Um, and from a bigger picture perspective, I think the VIX continues to be relatively range bound at the low end of its one year range. Um, much was sort of made on the day when VIX settled below, or I should say closed below 20 for the first time in nearly a year. Uh, and since then, we've been sort of chopping between this 22, 26 and change level earlier today. So from a bigger picture perspective, I wouldn't make a whole lot of it. It's certainly nice to see the broad market shake off that earlier weakness. Um, and maybe the one thing I would point out is that the SPX tested its 50-day moving average this morning on that on that fairly sharp sell-off and held it. The 50-day held back in January and it gave way a couple times in late 2020. So that's a level I'll continue to keep an eye on. The VIX and its uh, just steadiness above 20, Kevin is. Uh, unprecedented in terms of the length of uh, time at which it stayed above 20. We did close briefly below uh, 20 for a moment, uh, uh, right at 19, just for a second uh, earlier this month. But overall, we're still above there. What's it going to take in your mind uh, for VIX to break down? I mean, we got highs, we got records, we got record valuations, we got tons of inflows. I mean, we got like everything a bull could want. But VIX never broke. What do you think could be the thing that does actually push us further into the teens? That, that's a great question. I think you're certainly not alone in wondering what sort of confluence of events needs to occur for a quote unquote more normal VIX. Um, I think big picture what you're seeing play out here is that VIX and the index options are being impacted by the focus on in large part short dated uh, narrative stocks and the hedge as far as that goes needs to flow somewhere if for example just because it's gotten a whole lot of press lately uh, a dealer or a market maker sells a whole bunch of upside short dated Tesla options those are not necessarily the easiest options to hedge a lot of that will flow into the deep liquid index options market whether it's the S&P 500 or VIX and so to answer your question as far as what it might take for the VIX to move back into uh, a more normal level, my guess would be time um, and uh, a significant stretch where the low levels of realized volatility, which we've seen now recently, persist. And absent that, I think there's a tremendous amount of uncertainty endemic to the marketplace as a function of what's going on over the course of the past year. And I don't think that that's likely to abate anytime soon. And I think the VIX futures curve uh, is arguably illustrative of that, uh, that potential for it to persist. What do you see in the VIX futures curve right now, Kevin, in terms of, it seems like what you're describing is just still kind of a paralysis that maybe is sticking around with investors after everything that we've been through the past year. 
Uh, generally, yeah, I, I, that's a great visual right there. What you see is considerable steepness in the front end of the curve. Mm -hmm. The month one and month two VIX futures tend to get uh, the most attention. Uh, the most trading is is in in that sort of 10 to 60 day area, and a number of VIX ETPs are tethered to that front end in some way. But then when you look out further, you see month three through month nine VIX futures generally trading with a 29 handle. Now to give that a little bit of context, back in late February of last year, before coronavirus really became a front and center concern, Broad markets were at all-time highs, and the long-dated VIX futures were almost all trading below 17. Uh, there was a kink that, that you and I referenced when I was last in the studio uh, specific to the election. But outside of that, the long end of the VIX curve in a quote-unquote more normal environment was trading around 17. Now we're seeing 29 on those long dated futures. And that is a significant difference on a year over year basis. You're talking about a roughly 70% premium in volatility terms to where they were last year at old highs. And so there is a real big gap there to potentially be filled, but that is likely not something that would, that would uh, take place over the course of a week or two weeks that will likely take months. Hmm. Now, as we look at the different elements here, one thing you've also uh, pointed out is the realized vol versus implied vol. And uh, how does that shake out in terms of being another contributor to understanding kind of what's going on in investors' minds right now as we see today there's some, so there's some volatility coming in here that's uh, showing up to the downside, but a lot of this vol has been basically to the upside. So does our, real volatility experience uh, line up with the implied vol one, uh, if we can include the upside too, or how does that shake out? You, you make great points. And I think uh, history, or you, you, you see the tendency for implied volatilities to trade generally a little bit higher at some premium to what's subsequently realized. Now that spread has been greater of late with the diminished realized volatility. Now the question as to whether it's in line or what sort of psychology is playing a role here uh, is difficult to answer. But the, the one thing you brought up that I think is maybe lost in, in some situations is that volatility is directionally agnostic. Upside volatility is, is volatility as well. And you have seen that play out uh, going back to that narrative stock um, tendency as far as option traders are concerned and that potentially reach for, in, in many situations, short dated upside call exposure. That has ripple effects in things like the S&P uh, option futures term structure and in the VIX market. So. Um, in short, it doesn't seem like that tendency is likely to abate anytime soon. Mm. Uh, Kevin, one of the, the last things here is we look at kind of the way volatility cuts both ways. Uh, the uh, S&P 500, uh, which saw the high on uh, February 16th, our most recent local high here. The VIX uh, during that period has risen but not a ton, right? I mean, on the uh, at this high for the S&P, we're at basically 22. We're at 20, you know, right. 2.7 right now. So uh, do you think that going forward, let's say selling continues in the market, 
do we expect this kind of muted VIX response to still be there? Is it going to take like a really big hit for VIX to surge again? That, that too is a good question. I mean, your assumption of if this selling continues, mm -hmm. if history is a guide, we would expect that VIX reacts to that, generally speaking, when there are downside moves, particularly with velocity, you see the VIX respond. You saw that play out earlier this morning, and then you saw it normalize fairly quickly with this inverse relationship holding true. Now, if the selling continues, personally, I would probably expect to see the, the VIX index move higher. But for, for those that trade in the volatility complex, you're going to want to focus on the VIX futures, whether that's the March future, the April future, or further out the curve. And those generally are less responsive to that local move in the VIX index. And understanding that dynamic, I think, is key to really putting that, that big picture together as far as volatility is concerned.